What's up, Overcomers? Welcome to another episode of the Overcoming You podcast. I am your host, Josh Canuti. Thank you for tuning in. I really appreciate it. My guest today is a lifelong friend. She's an amazing person. She's a professional dancer, a happiness enthusiast. She's the type of person that every single time you see her, talk to her, in the presence of her, she always puts a smile on your face because she always has a smile on her face. But listen to how she overcame a lot of obstacles while building her business. Took that passion of dancing and turned that into a business. And she talks about how she had to level up and overcome, level up, overcome, level up, overcome. And the whole while, she still does it with a smile on her face. She's an amazing person. Please welcome my guest today, my friend, Sean Vitale. You don't have what it takes to come out the other side, but I, I definitely think that everybody does. You just have to keep going. Yeah. You know, don't stop. Be unstoppable, no matter what. And then it's not going to be easy. Nobody, I don't think there's anybody who has an awesome story or has is, is doing what they love to do who's like, oh yeah, I just woke up and here I am. It was like... Hi, thank you for having me. And I am here and I'm waiting for my thank you. Another thank you? No. No. Thank you for probably the best six days, let's call it a week of your life. <laughs> huh? You mean when we dated? Yes, that's right. But You're it was welcome. Like freshman year. You're high welcome. <laughs> You're you are welcome. I don't even think we ever hang, hung out. No, we saw each other once we passed in, in the hallway one time. Okay. During those six days. <laughs> yes. I feel bad for all the guys after me. Yeah, it's been ruined. I mean, yeah. why am I still single? Because I dated you for a week yeah. in high school. See? I set the bar so high <laughs> that X number of years later, you still can can find the uh, the person to, to match me. Totally. 100%. All right. Well, that's the podcast. See you guys. <laughs> Bye. So on the podcast, uh, once again, thank you in all honesty. But I really appreciate you coming and doing this and uh, being open, transparent. So we always just like to start with all, all the guests of kind of where were you born? Where'd you grow up? Mom, dad, brother, sister, all that type of stuff? Okay. I was born in a, a little town called Thermopolis, Wyoming, in the middle of nowhere. Uh, didn't stay there very long. Grew up uh, all over the United States, but then really, like in my formative years from kindergarten on, have been in California. I started in California with like actually a foster family, um, not like through the system. It was kind of just like a private party who took me in for about a year. Um, and then I've been in California ever since. I have a mom. <laughs> I guess we all have moms, but yeah. you know what I mean? Right. Um, my family really consists of my mom. It's just been me and my mom our whole entire lives. And uh, I've never met my dad. I technically have a brother. He's a half brother. And then I say I have sisters because they're from the foster family and mm. they're, you know, they How stayed in my life. How old were you during that foster year? Uh, kindergarten. Kindergarten. So I, I think that's like five, give or take, four to five-ish. Do you I, remember that at all? Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Oh, do you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what, what was that? What was that? One day you're with your mom, and then one day, how did that all happen? We broke down in Laughlin, Nevada. My mom, single mom, didn't have a lot of family to fall back on. She didn't have any other options. She met this really nice couple. Turns out they were foster family. He handed her a card. She couldn't figure out another way out of the situation, so she gave like me to them, and I left in a motorhome with strangers from Laughlin. Yeah. What the? What, <laughs> what are you thinking at that time? What's going through your head? Are you just like 
hey, this is a road trip? Or you're like, what the fuck? Or I don't have any like ill memories of that. I think I honestly just thought like, oh, this is nice. The dad was so funny. And like your stereotypical, like awesome smiling dad is cracking jokes. And so I just thought it was a really cool experience. And I would see my mom soon. Yeah. Yeah. But looking back, there really was no... Like, looking at it as an adult, you really didn't know. No. Looking like, back, I was like, what the hell? And I've asked my mom multiple times. And what'd she, was she just say? Like, well, I was beside myself. We were in the middle of the desert. We didn't have a car. I barely had money. Like, this seemed like the best opportunity. She's like, yeah. I literally said a prayer and sent you on your way. And it turned out fine, thank God. But, you know, that could have been a much different story. So through that whole year, what was that, what was that like? Were you kind of like, hey, this is a field trip (laughs) yeah it was semi-vacation so you know with my mom obviously she's my mom I loved her we were really close but it was always hard there was always struggle we were always like on the road or going from place to place so I would say the first time I ever had a quote-unquote normal childhood was in this home it was in Sherman Oaks beautiful two-story like house Um, you know they were well-to-do in what I saw I don't know if that's actually the case but compared to like my childhood I was like all right, I like moved up. It's like Amy yeah. when she goes to like daddy trucks, <laughs> like, you know, and I had a mom and a dad and we went camping and there was a dog and a turtle in a backyard and Beaver I started Cleaver. school. <laughs> yeah. And then, there, you know, there's like uh, the sisters and they were in their 20s and they were cool and they would take me on the weekends and we'd go shopping. And yeah, it was really cool. I mean, there was times that I missed my mom, but I got to talk to her all the time on the phone and everything for the most yeah. part was good. It turned into like not a great situation with the stepmom. She ended up being way stricter than my mom was. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I went from a situation where it was my me and my mom. There weren't really a lot of rules. I just got to hang out with my mom. But right. then, you know, being a kid and then she tried to like. You mean strict like do chores, do your homework, like good strict parent thing? Yeah, or it wasn't kind anything or, crazy. Okay. There were a couple th- times where I was, I felt like she might have pushed the envelope a little bit or like I got locked in like the office for the entire day and things like that. that yeah. That's what pushed me to call my mom and be like, I want to come home. Literally, okay. that's me in the kitchen on the phone just crying to my mom. And she's like, she was there the next day. Because it was kind of, you know, as long as my daughter's happy, we're good. But yeah. if she's not happy, then I'm going to go get her. So you call your mom, your mom comes and gets you in in Laughlin. And then what happens from? But I want to say I either before, I think it might have been before I went to foster care. We were in Vegas for a little while. And then I think I went to foster care. And then I lived in Hollywood. Hollywood? Yeah. Yeah. Up to no good. What, like West Hollywood or? I was actually on Hollywood and Wilcox from first grade to like sixth grade. How was that? crazy but awesome how so um there's just a lot going on it was like the early 90s like late 80s in LA and there's a lot of excitement I felt like and I was always a part of like bands I was the only kid in my um apartment complex in the beginning another two kids moved in later on down the line but yeah I was only a kid I was in acting and dancing and singing and I wanted to be a model I wanted to you know everything um, so it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of cool things happening. And I felt more grown than I probably should have yeah. at that age. But Is that when you when you really started to get into dancing? Um, for a portion of the time, I did. Actually, my foster family put me in ballet. That oh, was really? my first time I okay. ever got to dance. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Wow. And then she said the teacher told her that I was really talented. So my mom found a way. And I still don't know how she did this. But she found a way to put me in dance, even though we were, like, so poor. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. 
you said you were the only kid in there. So what what other types of people were in that? I mean, a ton of people who moved to LA with a dream. You know, really? everybody was in a band. Everybody was in an actor, a dancer. It was cool because the majority of people were in their twenties. You know, so very like young. Um, but I hung out with people and probably saw things I should not have seen at mm-hmm. that age. But it was great. To- I, I wasn't uh, bullshitting you or anything like that. Like I genuinely think this about about you from my perspective in the many many years that I've known you. I'm very serious. You've always had a really happy attitude Mm -hmm. and always always smiling and you're the type of individual like when just saw you just right outside you know Mm -hmm. hey how's it going immediately like wow you make people feel better did you have that back then even going through as that early of an age do you remember that at all I don't remember mine but I don't remember but I think I have always been like this I think I've always been pretty resilient when I was a teenager I was a little bit more you know, moody. I think we all are. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I can't remember not being who I am today. Yeah. So I'd have to get my mom in here and ask her. Right. Right. <laughs> so let's flash forward to when I met you. I actually didn't meet Sean Vitali. I met Jessica Vitali. <laughs> yep. So I met an individual with a different name. So yes. talk about talk about that. I forget what you told me. Why did you go with that name? When I was younger, I didn't like the fact that my name blah, 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 that my name was Sean because I thought it was a boy's name. Yeah. So I demanded that my mom change it to Jessica. So from kindergarten on until you met me and through until like college, I went by Jessica. Yeah. So we had just moved or like I think I probably met you two two years after we had moved from LA, which was a big culture shock for me because I went from living in obviously very like culture poor type of town where everybody's trying to make it. Mm-hmm. And my mom moved me to Newport Beach. But like nothing changed in our lives. So I was like the poor kid at the like really nice school. Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. wearing things that were not acceptable. In, yeah. Yeah. So it was a little bit of a culture shock for sure. When I met you, I met you at Jessica and then were you living in hotels from time to time mm-hmm. in, during high school and stuff like that? Oh, my God. So I moved down in seventh grade. We lived in a hotel. And we, shan't, we can't even say it's a hotel. It was a motel. Let's be honest. Yeah. I lived in a motel. Um, I remember the Ramada. Okay. Before the Ramada. That was an upgrade. Way. That was a way upgrade. <laughs> we lived in something called, um, gosh, it was like the Newport, Old Newport Hotel or something. It was on Old Newport Boulevard. Okay. They have since ripped them down. There was two of them. Yeah. I think there was two of them. I don't know why I said there was two of them, but I can't remember what the other one was called. Whatever. There was one of them for sure because I lived there. And you know what's interesting is that I was embarrassed in some times of my lives that I like or in my life that I lived there. But other times I was very unapologetic about it. Like I would still have a birthday party and like go to the little pool that was so gross and like didn't care, you know, no shame in my game. Right. Um, But there were moments where I could feel myself, you know, get a little red or like kind of shy away from the answering the question of like, oh, where do you live? Sure. You know? So you said unapologetic. I want to, what do you mean by that? Uh, Obviously I know what you mean, but like how come sometimes you're embarrassed and sometimes you're not? Um, That's a really good question. I don't know if there's something that comes to mind that makes me like confident about it or not confident about it. The like the instinct would be like, you know, if like around the popular girls, I'd be Mm -hmm. a little bit more like scared to say where I live or, you know, and then but whenever it was like came to like, I remember having like one of the coolest guys pick me up on a date and like full on have him just pick me up at my hotel and like had him come in to like this terrible like place that I lived. But I was just like, I don't remember picking you up. (laughs) I don't don't remember that. 
I don't. That, oh, is that somebody else? Oh, it was somebody okay. else. Sorry, right. Josh. Right. Right. Okay. <laughs> it's because you had graduated, so ah, you know you it. weren't there anymore. Got it. Got it. <laughs> um, you know that's something really interesting, and to all the the gals listening, especially in that age group, um, here you have an individual that has an amazing attitude in high school during these years, and still to have an amazing attitude, full on gorgeous individual, Thank but you. yet still had insecurities from time to time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think it's so important to realize, especially in that fucking high school, mm-hmm. any high school around the fucking world, I don't care where you are, especially in affluent areas or anything like that, but any high school at all, you have those echelons and you have the cool kids and you have the not cool kids and you have the pretty mm-hmm. people and the cute cute guys and the jocks and all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. And every single one of them are, all have insecurities. Yeah. Whether you're a knockout dancer awesome person or whether you're i always say i'm a six at best with money (laughs) and i don't have any money but you know what i mean like it doesn't make a difference we all go through that yeah you know and especially this is a thing that i used to get so pissed off with on the rare times like my dad tried to be a a father he'd always be like high school doesn't fucking matter what are you crying about what does it matter but in actuality, it does matter at that time because you only know what you know. Yeah. Now looking back, it doesn't really matter whatsoever. I could give two shits about anything that happened there. Yeah. Um, but you know, you just got to go through that and realize that it's not forever. You're going to graduate. The overwhelming majority of your friends are going to go other places. Mm-hmm. You're going to see them at Thanksgiving, Christmas, mm-hmm. and then once you get out of college, then you hit thirties, and then. Then it really actually kind of starts to get fun because then like the hot chick you see at 30, 34, you're like, hmm, (laughs) not so much. Or the jock has got the big old beer belly, you know, and stuff like that. So then you actually, now I'm really starting to feel good about myself. There you go. (laughs) Um, But no, it's just really, 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 really important. And you can have even an individual go so far as to not like their actual name. Mm-hmm. You know, which Mm -hmm. is, I think it may seem small, but that's really big because that shows a lot of insecurity with that at that time would you say or would you agree yeah in that aspect i mean and it's such a small thing but like i would get a little embarrassed when you know the teacher would get my legal name i never changed it legally so there was always the first day of school or if a sub was there and they would say sean and you know people would like look and be like who's sean or in the yearbook go back in the yearbook it says sean yeah and so there was always and i always had to explain and like you know there was just it was a little small thing that just you know made you a little I didn't I don't think I knew your real name until after high school like in college years like I don't even think not until you got to college and when you were like Mm -hmm. talking about Sean I'm like wait what what (laughs) what the fuck I've known you for almost 10 years now and you're just telling me that your name's Sean that's fucking funny yeah, it's, it's happened to me a lot. Or like if I'm out with, um, you know, in, especially at that time, right, I'm meeting new people in college, but you're still fr- hanging out with your high school friends. Mm-hmm. So anybody that I met that was new, I would tell them my name is Sean. And then my guy friends or my girlfriends would be like, Jess, let's go. And the guy would look at me and I'd be like, I didn't give you a fake name, I swear. But they're thinking right. like, oh, you yep. know, you didn't have to lie to me. I was like, I swear, here's my ID. Yeah. Oh, that's too funny. So after high school... You do the college thing, you do the the work thing. Well, we didn't have money for like a real college and I didn't want to take the SATs. Mm-hmm. So I went to OCC, place for me. Refell back in love with dance. I always had loved it, but like I remember distinctly going across the floor, being the worst person in the class because my teacher had bumped me to a higher level because I was the best in the lower level class. 
but I was the worst in the higher level class. Dancing with people who had been dancing since they were three, I had to go across the floor last and I had to do everything half time because I couldn't keep up. Really? <laughs> yes. And so it was like, oh, thanks for bumping me up. But like, ah, uh, crap, here I am like swimming for my life to just try to keep up. Yeah. Fell in love with dance, going across the floor, doing a jazz walk and was just like, this is what I'm doing. Like 100% have to do it. Right. And that is what I did. Yeah. So I was a business major, um, but I found my way to a scholarship program for dance, trained intensely, started to get asked to subclasses and teach. People really liked my teaching style and then just kept getting like, it was a, the epitome of the universe just handing me everything I needed. Like, here's some jobs for teaching. And then like, it was just like a no brainer to keep getting them. And I would get paid way better than working any like yeah. normal job at that age, you know? Yeah, I I agree that the universe put that stuff in you, mm -hmm. but I think you're discrediting yourself a little bit because of your work ethic to that. Because to, how how often would you dance per per week ish? Seven days a week. Seven days a week. Yeah. Okay. How many days are in a week? Seven. Days. Okay. So you're doing it seven days a week. Yeah, morning and night. Morning, morning and night. So not just one time. You're no. doing it morning and night. Yeah. And then you're taking on substituting teaching for for that yes yeah anytime that they needed me right so and then also working a regular job that's that's one thing that i think society's starting to get a little bit more and it took me a long time so i'm not coming at it from a from a know-it-all type of thing but mm -hmm. i was always a huge huge dreamer meaning like i always had these aspirations and dreams and goals mm -hmm. but my fucking actions never never lined it lined up with what it needed to take to get there yes and so it was like if i were to look at me then i'd be like oh you want to do that like well you got to get your fucking ass to work go learn <laughs> something go watch a youtube go go do something yeah, i didn't do it anything fair. i would do just the bare minimum mm -hmm. but yet i wasn't doing stuff seven days a week morning and night i wasn't doing all that type of stuff and then the other thing that i think is really really important that happened to you and happens to all all of the individuals on the road to wherever they want to be mm -hmm. is that you start to level up mm -hmm. but the thing is you always you get good enough in that class and you're the best yep you are the shit your <laughs> ego you can't even fit through the door <laughs> you know people like walk in and everybody whether you see it or not they they are and mm -hmm. goes through anything and go oh my god sean's here sean's here oh that fucking chick is so fucking good right you know and then you level up and now all of a sudden you're the worst yeah 100 percent. you know mm -hmm. and you have to and that really builds fucking character Mm -hmm. You know, and people have to realize that if you want to do something, most likely you're going to have to level up from the individuals around you. I'm not talking about getting rid of your friends, but in this scenario with dance, mm -hmm. you can't be hanging around people, you know, that, that do the two-step. You got to, you got to get, get the fuck up and get after it. Yeah. hundred percent. And then, you know, once you level up, then you have to humble yourself and put your ego in check, which I think is so, so important. Yes, I agree. And to be like, okay, I am not as good as all these people. Let me learn from them. Mm -hmm. You know, let me do whatever I can do outside of it. Let me substitute teach. Let me do all these types of things so yeah. you can get better yeah. at it. I think that's just really, really cool. That's the one thing that I've, I've come to do a lot better at with myself is that you have to pat yourself on the back and you know everything that we're talking about about today whether you do or do or don't but most of us don't we don't really go wow that was really fucking cool like i'm that was really good of me to do that like i'm really proud of myself like that is not that is not something simple or, or small so i hope you take solace in the fact that that's like pretty incredible 
Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think it's so easy to praise your friends or your yes. family members, right? They do like the smallest thing and you think the best and yep. then we do crazy things and we think it's like, oh, it's not great enough. You know, yeah. I did I didn't do enough. I didn't do it fast enough. I didn't whatever. Yeah. But yeah, it's so funny that you said that and I'm like when I look back at it like yeah, yeah, I was making things happen. Like there was nothing standing in my way, but I, yeah, I don't know. I, it's just, it's like just what I did. It's not right. like I feel like I deserve anything for it. I'm just like, oh, it's just what I took, yep. you know? But I think anybody getting to any level or any pinnacle in their life, that's how they look at it. And I think you have to look at it. You can't be that, that fucking prick or that bitch going, oh, I'm all that at bag of chips because <laughs> you're fair. never going to get to your, to your, to your level you're never gonna get to the level that we're gonna get to next which is having your business or whatever it is Mm -hmm. because those people don't don't last they they don't they don't see the reality of it Mm -hmm. whereas we see the reality we go oh i need to get better Mm -hmm. but we don't give ourselves enough praise on the fact that we did so good up to now yes you know and i think once you once we get into that mode of like wow, you did really good. I need to work on this point and this point and this point but i did really good up to that so i'm proud of myself because you have to give yourself some self-love and some adulation which so many of us today are so bad at yeah you know we always give it out give it out get out and never take it but once you give it to yourself and truly give it to you and really fucking mean it Uh and really believe it it fucking feels good yeah it's interesting because that made me think of you know i have students that are like you know five six seven years old and they're good at it they'll tell themselves they did good like i'll give them a correction i'll be like okay now point your foot and she's like yeah but did you see i did this for really long so that's good and like that i think is really interesting it's like we had it at some point yep. but along the way we lost it yeah so yeah you know that's a really good point i didn't think about that when you know when you're a kid you're like mom dad you know brother look all you did is jump off the curb it's not that fucking cool man like what the fuck are you doing yeah but to you it's like oh my god i touched the ceiling it's eight yeah. feet tall i got those that little popcorn off the off the ceiling i remember when i could do that because mm-hmm. that was obviously in basketball that type of stuff yeah and i could touch the ceiling and get that popcorn to fall off <laughs> shit forget about it you would have thought i like dunked on michael jordan i was so fucking good and then o- over awesome. time you start to be like oh you're not good enough you mm-hmm. start to do the comparing thing yeah. um a couple years before you started your dance company yeah but what's the name of your dance studio and where is it located and dance studio is called after hours dance studio it's in costa mesa right off of newport boulevard uh we've been in that location for about six months now okay yeah um what type of dance do you do and everything we're only for adults so we don't do um, any children's classes it's all adults like from beginners to advanced we do hip-hop and jazz and tap and lyrical and contemporary and conditioning Musical theater, just everything. Strut, hip hop, heels, anything an adult wants to do, we can we can teach them. Can you teach me how not to look like an asshole? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Yes. I don't. I don't need to be the best person. I don't need to be yeah. in the circle. Yeah. I just want not to be laughed at. Yeah. No, I can't. I've actually had people come to me who could not find a beat to save their lives. Yeah. Like I was like, you don't hear that one drum beat, and they were just like, yeah, I do. <laughs> and just like completely off and i'm like yeah. okay that's all right and then now he's so funny he'll text me from time to time he's like yeah i went out i saw so many people dancing off the beat thank you for teaching me what the beat is yeah. and like you know it's cool let me give you so i'm gonna get so much fucking hate mail for this Uh-oh. but i'm gonna give you i'm gonna give all the ladies out there a big fucking secret about all the men on the dance floor okay if you see any dude out there dancing 
funky or stupid on purpose, like really like being trying to be hilarious, mm-hmm. that is because they don't know how to dance. And that is where I live. <laughs> that is why I do the sprinkler. That is why I do the running man because mm-hmm. everyone knows you're joking. Yeah. And I can just get through that song yeah. till I can go out and have a shot and, you know, quickly think that I'm better than I am because yes. that's what shots do for me. Right? It's like yeah. everybody says that. Like, oh, I don't dance except for when I'm drinking. Yep. You know, that's like the number one thing I hear. As a dance instructor. That's the one thing that people don't give enough credit to alcohol for. <laughs> because everybody is better looking. Uh-huh. Everybody can, um, everybody knows everything. Mm-hmm. Everything, you dance better. Yeah. You think you can uh, run real fast, <laughs> jump over stuff. All of a sudden, you think you can, like, do that thing where the guys, like, hold on to the um, to the stop sign and put their legs straight out. Yes, yes, yes. By the way, I can't do that, in case you're wondering. But I, Did you I hurt try- yourself? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I broke my coccyx. Did you really? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. I was like, oh, wow. There's no. a story there. So after, let's go a couple of years before you start your studio, what are you doing uh, around that time? Well, I had a little bit of setbacks as far as dance goes. So I got a vaccine and it caused like an autoimmune disorder in my joints. So I technically have rheumatoid arthritis. Um, and so my joints started getting really stiff, my ankle, especially like it started in my wrist, but I can, you know, you don't have, you don't need your wrist to dance. Yeah. You need your ankle to dance. And so, um, it got more increasingly harder and harder to teach dance, especially with little kids. Cause you're, you're trying to show them everything. Um, which I still did it. I still taught, I was in a lot of pain and I couldn't do as much, but I still made it happen. I never was like sitting in a chair or anything like that. But you know how everybody says like, sometimes the worst things that happen to you, like lead you to the best things. Well, I don't know about the shot. The shot's still a pain in the butt, literally. Uh. Uh, um, but, uh, and like having to deal with like the pain is whatever. Yeah. But in my inability to do as much teaching, the company that I worked with for 12 years pulled me in to a meeting and kindly two weeks before like the new session was supposed to start told me I was no longer teaching for them. I was devastated, like devastated. Whoa. And I'm like getting teary eyed just thinking about it. Yeah. Because they were like family and I had worked my ass off to help them. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I was devastated. And I kid you not, um, like two days before that, we had been chatting about opening an adult dance studio because Jimmy DeFore, where we had danced before, closed and everybody was missing it. We needed that adult outlet. And, you know, there were no adult dance classes that were local. You could drive like 40 minutes or go up to L.A., but that takes it into like a whole nother like you have to chunk out your time more, yeah. you know, which sure. a lot of people don't have when they're adults. So I was talking to like my really good friend, Pam, and we we're talking about, oh, you know, this dance studio is a kid's studio. They never use their space. And so she reached out to them. I have this heartbreaking meeting, leave the meeting and get a phone call from Pam that the owner is totally open to letting us open a studio in her space. That same day. That same day, like an hour later. It was bizarre. Like talk about the universe or you yeah. know what I mean? Just like it was supposed to happen. So <clears throat> we started a business together. She lasted probably like two to three months and then things got a little hard. We, we didn't see eye to eye on some stuff. Thank God we were able to, you know, keep the friendship going, but she ended up leaving. And so then I was just by myself, just me and myself and I, which again, I don't know that I would have opened it by myself. So I feel like she was my training wheels. And then it was like, okay, you've got it. So she's going to need to do other things. And so she's going to just like naturally leave and then you're ready. And I don't know the first thing about doing a business. I don't have a business plan. 
Uh, we started talking about opening the business and a month later we were open. So marketing and all that stuff was so fast and just furious and like, here goes nothing. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? No fucking way. Yeah. Yeah. So, so. it was kind of like baptism by fire. Then, <laughs> I mean, in a month? Yeah. Yeah. I can see when you say that, that you were very, very scared or, or very like, oh shit, can I really fucking do this? So did you have those thoughts? Like, what the fuck am I doing? Should I be doing this? All that type of stuff or no? A hundred percent. And more so because the situation that I was in was we were renting the space. So if one person showed up, I still had to pay the teacher and the space rental. And every time there was more classes or, you know what I mean? Like, if we added a class per se, it was a huge undertaking because, okay, well, that's another $160 out of my pocket every month. Well, I'm not even getting paid at this point. Money's coming out of my pocket. It was a lot. It was a lot. And you're just yeah. like, oh, God, am I making the right decisions? Do I have the right classes on the schedule? Am I even qualified to do this? The right. answer is probably no. I'm guessing that you don't, that you didn't have hundreds of thousands of dollars in the bank at the time to fund it. Right? No, okay. not at all. Yeah. It was coming out of my personal pocket. Mind you, we opened in somebody else's space, so the overhead to start was so minimal. Thank the Lord. Yeah. Um, but yeah. That type of stuff like makes me like goosebumps because that's the type of thing that so many people fucking don't get is that you you were so there's quite a few things. So one, you're doing you're working for this company for twelve years, mm -hmm. teaching dance, all that type of stuff. So um blessing that you're getting without even understanding is at least a little bit of the business part of it. Mm -hmm. Not the, maybe not the P and L's, maybe not all that type of stuff, but through osmosis and through the standard stuff over 12 years, you, you start to understand the business. Totally. So, um, oftentimes people forget what they're doing currently could be helpful in the long run. And then you get the unfortunate devastating news, you know, people that you're very close with all of a sudden you're kind of out on your ass by yourself. And then, because you've been in this industry, you get you're still in a position through some um, people around you because you're in that in that scene in that circle mm -hmm. to continue going through, mm -hmm. and then you you get what you want, but then you freak out because now you have what you want, now you don't know what the fuck to do, yeah, and now you got to figure it out out all all on your own. But I think that's people forget that. I think the average individual regardless work better with your back against the wall where mm -hmm. you have to when it becomes a have to not a like to yep. a must have instead of a one you just really really start to figure shit out and now all of a sudden you have this amazing studio mm -hmm. um you know i love every single time i love seeing your stuff on instagram Thank you. and all that type of stuff the uh, teachers and stuff like that you have so much passion coming through mm -hmm. um on instagram and some other so really really fucking cool yeah but that's the type of thing that i just i want everyone to hear and understand is that if you were to once again if you were to look at sean you go there's this awesome businesswoman she's um she's a head of her own company she's gorgeous she has this uh, personality but all along the way that we just talked about, there's times where you didn't feel like you had it all together and you mm -hmm. were scared. Oh, 100%. Yeah. You know? God, that's the thing. I, I don't know. I just I just love that because I I like – it's this is the one time when I'm like misery loves company and it's okay. Mm -hmm. Like when I hear someone like you have that, I'm like, okay, I'm not doing so bad. Like I feel like that too, but I can, yeah. I can get after it too. Yeah. It's really easy um, – to think that you're the only person going through something yeah. and you know that you don't have what it takes to come out the other side but i i definitely think that everybody does you just have to keep going yeah. you know 
don't stop be unstoppable no matter what and then it's not going to be easy nobody i don't think there's anybody who has an awesome story or has is is doing what they love to do who's like oh yeah i just woke up and here i am it was like right oh i, I tried to do this and i failed and you know they always use the like michael jordan oprah all those you know yep. yeah if you were to i want to ask a couple things one if you were to i think you probably kind of just said it but if someone was looking to start something in their passion what advice at your level now, would you give them if they're like, "Hey, I'm just starting out"? What What would you What advice would you give them? I think uh, it'd be like twofold. It would be to just start, just start. Don't overthink it. Um, I still tell myself that quote of like, "It could be perfect or it could be done." You know, I'm sitting there working on advertisement or a flyer for a teacher, and like, I'm like, "Oh, moving this over," and I was like, "You know what?" It could be perfect or it could be done and like let's get it done move on to the next thing and you just keep doing that and then you get to turn around and look and realize oh i've come really far i've gotten these things done and there will still be roadblocks 100 mm-hmm. percent. i had like the biggest roadblock i will never forget this feeling so we've had this studio open for a little over a year and i got a blessing in disguise where the lady who i was renting from added uh up to my rent 33 percent Oh. Yeah. So we were just getting to the point where I maybe possibly could get like paid for the classes that I was teaching. And then she's like, here's your present of 33% rent increase. And I was like, I can't. I, what? Yeah. <laughs> um, but it forced me to find a place of my own to build my own studio that is truly 100% mine. So I'm no longer in anybody else's space. Right. Yeah. And everything was going well. You know, the, the landlords took a chance on me because like I didn't have any like equity or the around of like right amount of money in the bank or any of that stuff that you're supposed to have when you're asking for a commercial right. license um they were so kind and they like you know they're like we really like you i can tell you always pay your bills on time we like pulled your credit report it's phenomenal cool they like all these awesome things were happening and then i went to the city right after signing the lease which don't ever do that by the way uh, um it turned out to be fine but yeah I'm, you know i'm pumped everything's happening and we're so excited and i go in and i'm like hi i need to do a, a business license in this location blah, blah blah and they like pull it and the planners pull it and they're like you can't have a dance studio in this location and i was just like oh. <laughs> punched in the gut and I don't know what I'm doing. I repeat, like, I'm just a dance instructor who got really lucky. So I don't even know what this means. They started spewing out, you need to do this and you need to apply for this and you need to, and I like. You're Googling terms because you don't know what the fuck they are. Yeah. yeah, Glazed over, heart is sinking. And I'm just like, I signed a lease. Will they let me out of that lease? Oh God, where am I going to start the studio? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Turned out fine. We just had to do some extra petitioning and. We had to ask everybody around for, you know, if they if it would bother them, if we use the parking spaces at like late at night. And because my studio's in the evening when the other businesses are closed, it worked out fine. Oh, sweet. but it just turned into one of those, <gasps> you yeah. know, you're going, you're going, and then oh crap, maybe I'm not going anymore. But it, you know, yeah, yeah. Here you have your own studio, and it's going good, going good. And then you go over to this other spot, which you have your own spot. You sign the lease. You walk out of there, and don't 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 you dare lie to me. You walk out of there, going, "This is the fucking coolest thing ever. I have my fucking dream. Yeah, I have my fucking dream." Yeah. And then, yeah, get smacked in the face. <laughs> Next thing, yeah, and then 100%. you got to figure that out. And so it's always going to go like that, no mm-hmm. matter who the fuck you are. Yeah, you're always going to be thinking that you're on top, and then get smacked in the face. And so, I think the the difference between people that really fucking get after it and, and are become super big and whatever it is, mm-hmm. not just celebrity or anything, you know, they get into this 
flow where they go, okay, everything's good right now. Let me celebrate. And then mm-hmm. something smacks them in the face and they go, okay, cool. Well, this kind of sucks, but let me figure out how this is. Because if you look back, you got through every single bad day that's ever happened, ever. Yep. And you're still exactly where, where you want to be and go yep. moving forward. So I think the more we can, when things come up like that and go, okay, this is just one of those things. Mm-hmm. All right, let's figure out how to do that. Let me not have my world crumble. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Yeah. So, so huge. And I don't know how to teach that either, you know, because there'll be times where you're talking to somebody and you just want to be like, yes, it sucks, but let's, what can we do? Yeah. You know, I'm always like, okay, what's the next step? Like try to break your train of thought of like the complaining. Okay. Okay. So uh, you need this, this, and this. I can do this. You know what I mean? But I don't know how you teach that sometimes. Yeah. So I think, so in my things that I've gone through and that worked really, really well for me, and I know that they work clinically, but if you do exactly what you did, so um, you have somebody come th- come to you with a problem. Okay, what's the problem? Problem is, I need a business license to open my, my thing, but I don't I don't have the money for it. Okay, what steps do you need to get to that goal of the business license? Mm-hmm. Okay, well I need to and literally go into minute steps, mm-hmm. and then if you write them out, it's even better. Okay, you need to fill out this this form, this two three C B ninety eight twenty fourteen. <laughs> form they always have these stupid things okay fill that out and then what well i got to come up with seven hundred dollars i don't have seven hundred dollars okay do you know anybody that that can loan it to you Mm -hmm. well i do but they're going to ask for for interest okay so how long can you pay that pay that off and you come it and break it down into little tiny steps Mm -hmm. it's not as bad yes and then if you can avoid using this sounds so simplistic but until you understand stand it if you avoid using certain actual vocabulary like I'm never going to be able to do this or this is this is so I'm totally screwed. I'm 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 always going to going to be like this. If you stop using the always never mm-hmm. forever because yes. <laughs> very rarely is there a time where never always nothing is ever correct to use. Like if you're really being honest with yourself mm-hmm. like I was talking to a gal the other time the other day and this little teenage gal and she pulled me aside after I did this um talk mm-hmm. and she was like um, she's like, yeah, you know, I understand that I'm not supposed to like call myself ugly, but I look, I just look fat in all my clothes. And I pulled her aside. I was like, listen, you have that one shirt, that one skirt, that one blouse, that one hat. Mm-hmm. You have something. Which thing do you have that you look good in? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't have anything. Okay, okay, it's just you and I. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. What you? What do you have? She, I have this one like butterfly dress that looks like. Okay, so you have one. Mm-hmm. So the fact is, you do look good in one. Mm-hmm. So wear that, wear that every fucking day of your life, you know. And <laughs> yeah. I kind of got her to laugh a little bit and stuff like that. But then you can break that down because when you say those those things to yourself, I look fat in all my clothes. I don't look good in any picture. Yeah, it gets in there, and you really start to believe it until you break that cycle. Mm-hmm. I can never start my own studio. Mm-hmm. Okay, well that's not true. What are the steps? Well, there's 38 steps. Okay, you know the steps. Are you willing to put in the work? Yep. Are you really willing to do what you did and work in the morning, work in the evening, mm-hmm. do the uh, um, classes, and then humble yourself and become better? And all. Yeah. So interesting when you break things down, it seems to be a lot more attainable mm-hmm. than what we give ourselves credit for. Yep. So that could just be my fucking babble, but it seems no, to I well. agree. Yeah, I like that a lot. Have you listened to the books or like read the books that you are a rock star at making money or you are a badass at? No, I like I the names though. It's you are a badass and you're a badass at making money. I think I love the books. Are I they? think everybody I, like as soon as I have a child and they can read, they are reading these books. <laughs> They're like my Bibles. I listen to them on repeat audio while I'm driving. 
so do you listen to them on audio or do you actually read them? Do you just say? I listen to them. Yeah, I don't read them. Why do I feel less smart when I listen to a book versus <laughs> read it? Why? Because you're not putting in the work. But I am. Are you though? But I am. You could be doing other things. Like you're like multitasking. That That is different. So actually, to be honest, mm-hmm. um, I have changed that. Mm-hmm. Been on this. I wanted to start. I started off by I wanted to have a goal of reading a book a month. Mm-hmm. So I started that. And then then I heard one other person, once again, leveling up, mm-hmm. because I heard this one doctor go, you know, you really should read a book a month. I was like, no problem. I'll take the book, divide it by 30 days, read that many pages a day. Not that bad. Once again, chunking it down. Not that Genius. big of a deal. Yeah. And then I heard this other other guy. He goes, um, yeah, I, read a, I wanted to read a book a day. And I'm like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> There's no way. I'm like, go fuck yourself. I'm like, <laughs> all right, fine. Let me read a book every two weeks okay you know and then took the pages divided by 14 then kind of go go at it like that how's it going it's going going really 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 good but then i just i kind of switched it up to now on my to-do list i might think now on my to-do list is read 45 minutes but i have all these audiobooks mm-hmm. and so i used to just read it and do the whole thing and then i was like somebody would tell me about this book i was like oh yeah i read that book mm-hmm. and then i couldn't regurgitate anything i didn't remember because i was doing that and i was doing the dishes i was like writing other stuff down and stuff like that so now i've switched it to when i listen to the book i listen to the book to try to teach it to somebody else not not because i want to but because i learn it better when i do it so i really carve all that 45 minutes Mm -hmm. it's really not that long Mm -mm. like i use a timer and just put the timer on the Mm -hmm. audiobook and then just i'll take down some notes and really helps me uh, learn a lot lot more that's genius Um, i only do it when i'm driving yeah, I'm, I'm a straight podcast person, obviously, uh, <laughs> when it comes to that. So so the other question I wanted to, wanted to ask is for all the, the gals or, or guys that are looking to get into dancing, mm-hmm. what advice would you give them? I would give them, um, let's see, uh, just start taking class and be open and know that, like we spoke about earlier, you're going to be awesome. And then you're going to go to another class and you're going to be the worst one in there. I tell this to my students all the time. It's the beauty and the curse of dance and kind of most things, right? But like you got four pirouettes. Awesome. Now I want five. You know, you got your splits. Perfect. Now I want your over splits. There's always like they always will push you, you know, to go further, higher, deeper, faster, all that fun stuff. Let's see. I would definitely say that you... And this is with anything that you want to get better at. You can't do it. Like I have people come to me once a week and wonder why they're not getting better. Like you can't do dance or anything physical once a week and expect to really. I don't know if you can do anything once a week and get better. Really? I don't think so. No. Remember when we were trying to walk? We like tried to do that all day, every day. And we still fell a million times. Yep. That's one thing I always tell my kids too is. um, You know, they'll do something, especially when they're younger and they're like, I can't do this. And I'm like, could you always walk? And they look at me and they're like, no. And I was like, what if you would have just said, I can't and just stopped. You'd just be sitting yep. here. And they're like, I never thought about it like that. You know what I mean? It's like, a, sure. that's my go-to one. Because that's yeah. everybody, hopefully, knock on wood, walks, you know? Yep. Yep. So, um, so find a class that they like and be consistent. Yes. And you know what? We're in this beautiful place where you can just go on YouTube and take classes. So if you don't have the money to get to a class, you yeah. can, you know, Maybe I can get to a class once a week, but then supplement it by going on YouTube. Even just like mimicking things you see on TV will help train that ability to learn movement because it's a completely different thing. People always come in. They're like, 
you know, I, I can read and I obviously memorize numbers and whatever, but like move, memorizing movements a different place yeah. in your brain. You always remember, remember our uh, childhood friend, Chris Gwinski? So been hanging out with him a lot, lot more recently, but it was so funny. So, and you remember Mike, Mike Kelly mm-hmm. he invited to Mike Kelly's wedding. They've been married five years now or something, but I hadn't seen Chris Skwinski in seven, eight years or He's something been dancing, like that. right? Yeah. Well, that's the thing mm-hmm. is that for all of you listening and sorry, Chris, but I'm going to call, call you out. He's, he was always a um, good surfer, snowboarder, all that type of stuff, but wasn't the most coordinated individual you wouldn't be like oh that guy's gonna be an awesome dancer and then all yeah. of a sudden at mike kelly's wedding he fucking moves like jagger <laughs> yeah and fucking kicks it like fucking michael jackson and i'm like what the fuck yeah like, and then looking at nick and i'm you know nick's always been super fucking hilarious. i don't know the guy can fucking dance all but all of a sudden <laughs> you know and then but the thing is is i now that the last couple of years have been hanging out a little bit more i finally asked him i was like hey how'd you get so good at dancing he goes youtube I go, fuck off. Yeah. He goes, he goes, I'm not kidding. YouTube, just like you said, did exactly what you told, told people to do. Mm -hmm. He goes, I watch YouTube every day. Mm -hmm. And I had a friend that, uh, a gal friend of his that would come over and and teach him or kind of do the moves with him because they wanted to move. Mm -hmm. But he would just go every single day after work, go in his room and he would do it in front of a mirror. And then next thing you know, I forget how long it took him or whatever, but here he is like really, really good. Like legitimately good. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like. I can't believe that. The beauty of that too is that he wasn't five years old or even yeah. 16. He's a grown you know adult I mean? yeah. in his 30s. Exactly. I love hearing things like that because there's this misconception that you have to be young to dance yeah. or to start dancing. Like, oh, I didn't start when I was five, so I'm never going to be a dancer. I didn't really get serious about dancing and start training it until I was 18. You know, I did a little cheerleading, but I really wasn't trained. And I, I did take classes when I was a kid, but it was very like spotty. It was never like... I am being a dancer. Yeah. And when I was 18, that was technically late, you know, but here I am. Yeah. At 19, owning my own studio. And... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Yeah. That's funny. Um, where can they find you? What's the email? What's the Instagram? And then I know you already said it, but go over kind of what you do and what you teach and what you... Uh... All right. So Dance Studio is for adults. It's called After Hours Dance Studio. It's in Costa Mesa on Newport Boulevard. You can go to our website, which is danceafterhours.com. Um, our Instagram is the same thing, danceafterhours. And our email, if you have any questions, is danceafterhours at gmail.com. Uh, some of these things will be changing in the near future, but you'll still be able to get us there because I have somebody professionally making a website. Nice. We're leveling up. <laughs> yeah, fancy. Yeah. Fancy. Um, and we do everything beginning tap, beginning lyrical, beginning jazz, beginning hip hop, cardio hip hop, conditioning for dance. We have advanced classes. We do some like filming at the studio. We rent out the space. We do private parties. Uh, which is always fun. You know, I just had somebody do their 30th birthday party and like a big group of their friends, half of them have never danced a day in their lives. Oh, cool. They had all gone out a little bit beforehand, had had a drink or two, came <clears> in, <throat> everybody was like in high spirits and they all just like messed around and tried to dance. It was a, nice. a blast. Yeah. Do you do privates? I do private lessons, one-on-one instruction. or Just you, you or your other teachers as well? I'm sure all my teachers would do it too. Okay. Yeah. So private lessons, private parties. Cool. Group lessons group parties Same awesome thing. yes i know that 
you know, our, our past, they kind of go in and out. seems like every five years or so we kind of re- reconnect. Totally. Um, but every single time, I'm always really, really excited to talk to you. So um, like I said, said in the beginning, I really, really appreciate you doing this. And I'm super happy for all your success. And I just really, really love your spirit. And uh, I'm really, really happy that you've come in and out of my life throughout, <laughs> throughout that time. I apologize to all the men for setting the bar so high for those six days uh, um, we dated. Yeah, yeah. Cool. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You got it. Bye.